0: Welcome to the Watchers of the Skies program. I'm Carlos Campo, president here at Ashland University. And you, sir, are Dennis Montacruces, my good friend and my colleague. Welcome, Dennis. Good to be here. What a great day. I mean, we are surrounded by these students. It's funny because we were just talking to Joe. His parents went to Ashland. Dad was an Ashbrook scholar, and uh, we'll we'll announce the other uh, students as well. Ellie's here, we've got Dewey, Michaela's running the show, and my good friend Will is running this camera. I always like it when Will's on this camera. He's making me look better all the time. (laughs) Keep working at it, Will. But, you know, the reality is it really shapes the experience here at Ashland. I guess defines it in some ways. Uh, We've both worked at other institutions, and one of the things I've loved about my almost nine years here at Ashland is getting to know the students and hearing from them they get opportunities to interact with other folks, to have hands-on opportunities like this. And so I'm inviting our listeners and watchers to to also uh, come to campus and see for themselves. It is different here at Ashland. We say that we're teaching students how to think and not what to think. American universities are in decline, Dennis. It's the topic we're going to take on in just a moment, but not here at Ashland, at least not yet. I mean, the reality is we know that the enrollment cliff is coming. Mm -hmm. We've been hearing about this for some time. In uh, 2008, when the recession hit, as often happens during recessions, people stop having children. They're expensive. They cost a million dollars. Did you hear that? I, that's an old number, I think. Is that an old number? Yeah. It's even more now with I inflation. Think, it's too yeah, It It very well be. Right. Could be. So uh, they stopped having children. And so now th- this decline is finding its way into colleges and universities. So what we're seeing, of course, is that if you make no changes, I want to say in Ohio alone, we'll see an 8% reduction across the board in students from high school to college. By when? Uh, 2027 is the year. You know, the the cliff shifts a little bit depending, you know, COVID hit and some students didn't go right into college. Others are taking other tracks. But they're saying certainly by 2027, this is going to hit. You know, we had a huge freshman class this year. We just talked about the new college in Florida had a very big uh, class. Hmm. And I think it's one of the things I want uh, to focus on a little bit in this article. So we're looking at so many articles. I mean, if you read articles about higher education over the last, Couple of years coming out of COVID, they're all rather dismal, right? And I think mm-hmm. this one is uh, about uh, higher ed's decline. It's uh, imploding. What is this, the the primary source? So I think this was a Gallup report that was uh, being referenced I so, here, yeah. yes. And so what what's this decline all about? What, why is it that folks are losing confidence in higher ed and its efficacy?
1: Right. Well, there were a number. There have been a number of these yes, these kinds have, of yeah. uh, polls lately, and this one was more just getting numbers by by different political groups and and demographic groups um, But they didn't I think in this particular one they didn't ask so much what the cause was But there have been others that have been in recent years, right, and it seems that well. So first of all every demographic the the confidence level in, in higher ed has, has dropped yes. precipitously I mean mm-hmm. the the worst numbers are among Republicans But it's bad for independents. It's bad even for Democrats. So there's no group that's really, you know, yay. Uh, What was kind of surprising, just as an aside, was that out of all of the uh, major institutions, it was still the fourth highest, which tells you how horrible the ratings for institutions are in general. Yes. uh, With, I think, Congress being the worst at 8%. Isn't that wonderful? (laughs) So, yeah, tremendous numbers there. Yes. Um, But, like I said, other other, um, polls have found... Different different causes. So for Democrats, the leading driver of these worst numbers is just cost. Cost. And then for Republicans, it's concerns about ideology. Mm-hmm. So that seems to be and, – and, of course, I'm sure it's going to be costs for Republicans as well, for yes. everybody. Sure. But, I mean, even maybe a, a bigger worry for them is the um, the ideological aspect. Hey,
0: flesh that out. When you say ideological a- so, aspect – So things
1: like DEI and CRTs, right? So the diversity, mm-hmm. equity, inclusion uh, – moves on campus and, again, the, the perception of critical race theory being something that, let's say, overly informs how, how courses are taught. So worries about that, about um, what, what would be perceived to be really extreme left-wing views that this is something that's being indoctrinated. Right. Um, so those kinds of worries are Inculcation versus exactly. education that's kind of right. thing.
0: You know, I talk about cost. You're right. Both everyone on the planet knows higher ed is too expensive. You know...
1: In the United States, right? So one of the things that's pointed out mm-hmm. is it's much cheaper. I mean, it's, of course, it's hidden over- the cheapness because it comes out of tax money. Sure. But, but that is... Matters. Right, exactly. But that mm-hmm. um, many other first world nations, I mean, they pay like 2000 a year, 5000 a year, mm-hmm and i don't know what the average is but i mean it's easily 50,000 i mean give or take i mean it's going to depend of course i mean it's a, a very different price structure for for a community college as opposed to let's say a private college or sure. you know four year institutions in general but we
0: do know that students average debt load is about 35,000 it's now you know still on the increase it's could be over $40,000. we have seen it continue to climb, and that is unsustainable. I mean, you can't have students graduating with Mm -hmm. this kind of debt. We have a lot of students who graduate and do social work and do teaching, and my goodness, I mean, you could be saddled with this debt for years and years, unless you get a reprieve from the government, which is possible. It may happen. You know, I think we could talk just about cost. We've done it before on this show, Mm -hmm. and I think it is clear that there are a number of elite institutions with huge endowments that really can't continue to charge anything for tuition so you know that that's for a different conversation so cost is certainly one ideology is another and you're right this this idea that we've seen this trend shifting when I started at Ashland in 2015 you saw fairly strong support from both you know liberals Mm -hmm. and and conservatives on this count And we first started seeing, I think, the very first time that Americans as a whole said higher ed is going in the wrong direction was 2017. I'm almost sure that that was the first year. And since then, it's accelerated significantly. And as you pointed out on another show, it's probably through populist politicians, most notably Donald Trump. But even before that, what we saw was this significant shift. Honestly, it's one of the reasons why we started digging into could we – maybe frame a motto that said something, spoke to that concern directly because we saw things moving in that direction. We actually trademarked, I'm laughing about it because it's very unusual to trademark a motto, but we trademarked this motto that we're we're, uh, teaching students how to think and not what to think. And just so anyone listening knows, we will not sue you (laughs) if you use our trademark motto. We'll actually ask you for attribution and and applaud you because you've uh, come over to uh, the side of the light. But you know, the reality is a motto only goes so far, but we hope it at least extends this idea, Dennis, that here at Ashland we're trying, we don't, we don't always get it right, but we're trying to formulate the kind of campus where students' critical thinking skills are really what we're about. You know, when you think about the jobs that students are going to have over the next five, 10, 20 years, it's not like back in our day. Yeah. You know, it, uh, you don't sit in one seat forever, But if you learn to think well, I I honestly have often had parents come to me and said, I want you to teach my daughter or son how to think. If you can do that effectively, to think critically, because she thinks she knows everything in the world <laughs> and I know that can't be true. And uh, I'd love it when even a student will say, I left my house thinking my parents were the least knowledgeable people on earth and that I knew everything in the world and now 4 years later I realize I knew a lot. I know a lot less than I thought I did. And you know, we hope that we're all coming to at some point, you know, Socrates' conclusion and that is the more you learn the less you really know. And if you know you're the most intelligent person of all because you know nothing (laughs) yes so you know, it's, it's quite an aspiration here at, at Ashland. So higher ed seems to be moving in the wrong direction, seems to be collapsing because of, of these elements. But it's not just that. I mean, look at West Virginia University. Have been reading about them, Dennis? You know, I follow them not only because they're geographically close, but their president, Gordon Gee, was a former president at Ohio State, mm. uh, uh, Vanderbilt as well, I think. You know, here's a man who in higher ed circles, certainly in terms of being a higher ed leader, at the forefront, Gordon Gee, two weeks ago, had a mob, I mean hundreds, maybe thousands of students outside of his window screaming because Mr. Gee has announced drastic cuts. West Virginia University, which one of the largest you know, student bodies in the region, has seen tremendous declines. Mm-hmm. And As he and his board and others looked out into the future, they said, It's not going to stop. We have to contract. And then they put on the chopping block a number of programs and a number of positions were going to to be lost. And students did what you would expect them to. These are our faculty members. I'm in that program that you're cutting. And of course, they would teach that program out. But to see West Virginia talking about 20 to 30% cuts, mm. hundreds of positions being cut, and that's just one, one public university. You know, we've seen consolidations of other schools. We've seen closures. Fifty-five schools, I think, closed in the last two years. Fifty-five colleges and universities shuttered their doors. One in our own backyard. Uh, Alderson Broadus is a school that students were enrolled in. They were ready to go to school this fall, this fall, and they were told, late July, mm. no classes, no classes, and all those Students had to scramble, so you know I, th- I think Dennis, we're, what we're seeing is a huge post-COVID shift, and part of it is students are making good money coming right out of high school, and not just that. There's some skepticism about is the bachelor's degree the ticket to the middle class? That used to be a yes, maybe not so anymore.
1: Right. I, I um, read an interesting piece recently. So I, there was a. a, a a stat, I guess I would call it, um, that I wasn't aware of. So, I mean, I knew about this college wage premium, but I was not aware of the mm. college wealth premium. Mm. So I assume you know both of these terms. But uh, So the college wage premium is how much more you'll make if you have a college degree as opposed to, let's say, just a high school degree. Right. And from yeah. that standpoint, <laughs> going to college is, is a winner. I mean, you definitely make no much, much more. Right. But the college wealth premium, so there it's, it's uh, also taking into account Two at least two things. So one is the amount of debt you're taking on, mm. but also what sorts of let's say financial um, long-term gains you get in the meantime. So for instance, if you buy a house early, right? So you get a job right out of high school. Yes, you can buy a house sooner, mm. and so this Speed becomes market, a, kind that's of right. Way. So mm-hmm. you you get all this equity built up. Mm. So when you take all of that into account, the it used to be even still the wealth premium favored college. Now it's much closer, and especially uh, if for, for those who don't finish college, it's, it's a wash at best. Hmm. So if you, if you do finish, you still come out ahead, particularly, particularly if you're in STEM fields. But if you're, if you're in, in non-STEM fields, if you're in the humanities, it's, it's small. If you're a minority, it's even smaller. Uh. Uh, so that, those numbers are not as clear, hmm. unfortunately. So I mean, basically, if you, if you have low debt, and if you, if you finish, you're still most likely gonna come out ahead. But it's something like 40% of, of four-year students don't finish?
0: Yes, that's about right. So
1: you, I think it's, it's at least important up front to kind of assess, you know, where are you as a student? Mm-hmm. And to be very careful about that. So if your family went and you're, you're strong academically and, and you, you have, um, you know, there's a good likelihood that you're built for academic success, then great, by all means, you should go. But but I think for lower income families who and, and for people who were not strong students, at least think really carefully about it, that you want to be well prepared for it and not just do it because, well, that's just what everyone says you should do. Right. But there there I think that's that's a, a big big concern and a big area where there needs to be improvement and improved counseling and getting either these students on a better track or really preparing them more more carefully for well i think when, uh,
0: excellent point and i think one of the things and i hadn't heard some of those uh, specifics so that's good information I, I think that we referenced recently a, a book that was written that made the case and there's strong evidence that says students shouldn't go directly into college hmm. that if you look at the outcomes for students who take a gap year for instance it's much higher now again it's tough to tease some of that out because a lot of the times when right. students are intentional about that they right. they're very purpose-driven <laughs> Right, and they're going to do families you know, that
1: have money, so they can go do this gap year in Europe or whatever. Right. right so
0: and so you have to you have to take that into consideration, but at the same time, there is a lot of data that says that expectation is so strong. I mean, I know we both are fans of the film The Graduate, right? But there's a film where Plastics, you know, you remember that line where this poor kid's just graduated and all this expectation is upon him about what he's going to do next. Well, for high schoolers, they're asked immediately, you know, you're a junior in high school. Well, you're looking at schools yet? Are you, where are you going to college? There's, it's right out of the gate an expectation. And I still think there's a social pecking order that says if you're not a graduate, you're, you don't quite measure up, right? Uh, Well, you you know, my son or daughter got into so-and-so. So so I, I do think that we have to be careful along those lines, too, and not to force a student in, you know, and here I am always trying to recruit students to Ashland, but when I talk to a parent and says, you know, my kid's so reluctant. Can you talk to them? Can you talk them into going? And I usually shy away from that and say, you know, when they are ready, their outcomes are going to improve significantly. Right. So you probably, if they want to take a year off, it's not the end of the world. You know, it might actually be a, a good thing for them. So I think it's one of the things that we, we do need to do a better job with, and especially because there's so much writing on this. And you've been hearing the vitriol now coming from lawmakers and others saying, well, wait a minute, colleges and universities now have to take some responsibilities. As a matter of fact, some lawmakers are calling for us, schools, having to repay Mm -hmm. debt of students who can't get work, right? So a student graduated, they did everything, they're out in the market, they can't get work, they've got this debt. You know what? If they don't get a job a certain amount of time, the school's responsible, not the student, to pay back that debt. Now, that (laughs) would be a game changer for higher ed. I mean, I I hope that isn't instituted immediately. Uh, You know, and the reality is, I always worry about this transactional thought about higher ed, right? you pay, you get a sheepskin, you get jobs, and that's, that's why you go. Uh, I hope it's, it's not ever uh, that reductivist and, and that we see that there's much more value. And what are the things that we t- invest in today that lose money the minute we drive them off a car lot, right? So there's one, right? So we think it's reasonable to take on debt to buy a car, to buy a house. Is higher ed in that same camp? Now, you say from a fiscal perspective, it's not measuring up. In all cases, right. But you know, we if we brought in hopefully these other social and well-being, because again, uh, I read recently that a college graduate lives four years longer than someone who does not graduate on average, uh, from college, you know, uh, they generally are, they stay married longer, they have all, health outcomes right. are, are right. better.
1: But but again, that's, I mean, that's, that's you know, uh, wet, wet sidewalks yeah. cause rain, you know. Right. It's, um, yeah,
0: darn it, you, right. philosophers call right. me out on this. Yeah, stuff.
1: so, but I mean, I, I think that's very likely, right, I mean, that the sure. people who go to college and succeed in college are people who are going to be higher, higher in conscientiousness, also have, let's say, again, financial pluses that many who don't have so yeah that's not not really a shocking stat and it's not that you know, it's not uh, either causal or that God is making up to them, you know, spending four years in college. Give them, them more years. Yeah, <laughs> you. Life. know, we were actually going to put it on so, our recruitment oh, okay. uh, materials. That's oh, right. in that Come case, never mind. Forget what I just said. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: no, I Come to Ashland and live four years more there than your dropout friends. <laughs> no, it's, uh, that, we won't go that far. But, but I, I think we both agree that there are ancillary benefits to education. And I know in our uh, in a recent episode, we talked about Nikki Haley's response to an education question on a panel and one of the things that she said was about we've got to get our kids making things you know we should emphasize vocational ed and I kind of am bifurcated on that one I think she's right in many ways but I want to make sure that students are choosing that for the right reason mm. and not being segregated right into those uh, kinds of schools and professions because vocational education in places like Australia and other countries is extraordinary and you know think about craftsmanship in this country it's it's been on the decline for many many years so I I think we can balance that out uh, quite a bit more but I think offering students more choices and choices that especially that is attuned to that student hey you know what for me this lower cost model is really a better choice
1: and that's I think the German model as well right yes and I think they do that in Greece as well
0: do they yeah yeah, you know, uh, we're going to take on uh, Greece. I know that this is your homeland, and I say take it on because I was encouraged to see, although I know they've had some catastrophes there, natural disasters uh, uh, of late, but economically, what a rebound uh, yep. they've had. Yeah, so so good on you and That's all right. of your Grecian friends yeah. um, well, my fam- and your family yeah, there. About, so, yeah. you know, that, that was really good news. And, uh uh, hopefully, that will, that will continue. Well, we're nearing the end of this uh, episode, uh, Dennis, and you know, I know we have to advocate on behalf of higher ed. We're both higher ed professionals. I think this contraction will continue, right. but and, it's not necessarily...
1: I would say, one thing we didn't yeah. really mention, yes. or, but, but also there's the demographic cliff issue as well. That's it. It was another right. big problem. It is. No so. question.
0: This idea that you know, 2008 stop having kids, uh, right. and not just that. We've declined just in general, you Right, know, two, right. less than two children, yeah. you know. Right, exactly. The
1: population continue, is continuing to rise, but, I mean, it's going to start dropping. It and is. And this is a problem mm-hmm. in, in the West people. in general and yes. right, I mean, a lot of countries. Yes. So, you know, we continue to say if you
0: come to Ashland, it's the kind of place that's worth the investment. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are among the lowest, in the bottom 5%, it's the only bottom – a poll I want to be <laughs> in or a statistic, and that is in terms of cost. So Ashton is still, we believe, a great value. If you look at our cost, even uh, we are concomitant with some of the public schools in terms of real cost when a student looks at their entire package and their discount and where they land. So Ashton's a great value. We want to- well,
1: I, uh, I didn't realize it was that 5%. That's correct. Wow, yes, we that's are. fantastic. Isn't yeah.
0: that great? So we're going to try to hold the line on that But we also want to hear from those who are watching and listening. Please write to us at president at ashland.edu. And please join us again. We'll keep watching the skies as long as you promise to uh, watch with us. Uh, Tune in. Listen in. We look forward to being with you next time here on the Watchers of the Skies program at Ashland University in the JDM studios. We'll see you next time.